Hosea chapter 1. God willing, we'll be expounding verses 8 through 10 this morning. And if you're a first-time visitor here, we welcome you. So glad to have you. And, uh, and we do everything verse by verse from one, uh, verse 1 of the book all the way to the end. Hosea chapter 1. And the title of the message this morning is Sand on Abraham's Shore. Sand on Abraham's Shore. We last left off with Gomer giving birth to a daughter named Lorukamah, which meant no pity, for God said that he would have mercy no more upon Israel. We're only in the first chapter of this book, and already it's been full, packed full of the judgment of God upon his people. Uh, The first child Hosea and Gomer had was a pronouncement of God's judgment. The second child Hosea and Gomer had was a pronouncement of God's judgment. And now we'll be looking at a third child this morning in verse 8, which says, uh, Now when she had weaned Lorukamah, she conceived. When she had weaned Lorukamah, she conceived. And breastfeeding is a natural form of contraception and uh, although there are a few exceptions here uh, uh, in, in nature, uh, Gomer uh, did not become pregnant again until uh, Lorukama was weaned. And when she was weaned from her mother's breast, her mother Gomer conceived another child in her womb, look back in your text, and bare a son. And like his older siblings, this baby boy was born as a symbolic message to the people of Israel. I would imagine by this time that everybody in Israel was wondering what Hosea would name this boy. What would this child's name be? Everybody was probably thinking, oh no, here we go again. Uh, I wonder what Hosea is going to tell us this child represents. Probably going to be some more gloom and doom upon us. Gomer, Hosea's wife of Hortums, gave birth to a son, verse 9. Then, God, then said God, call his name Loami, Loami, which means not my people. This had to have been the most cutting, the most shocking, poignant baby name yet. Not my people. God was disowning the people of Israel. You see that? He was disowning the people of Israel. It sounds impossible. It sounds so unlike God. I mean, God had made a covenant with Israel. God had brought them out of Egypt. He had made promises to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob about this nation. And now God is telling Hosea, name this boy Loami. Look back in your text. For ye are not my people. There it is. Disowning them. You're not my people. You may be thinking right now, Brother Richard, how how could God break his promise and disown his own people? But that's the point. They're not his people. You see what's happening here? God never disowns his people. God is not disowning his people. He is defining his people. 
You see the difference? You see, you people think you're my people. But you're not my people. In John chapter 4, the gospel of John chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus said, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The flesh is nowhere in there. The DNA is nowhere in there. The racial identity is nowhere in there. Just spirit and truth. Thank God. Our flesh may be different, but we all have a spirit. And in Jesus, we can all know the truth. These people were racially connected to Abraham, but they were not spiritually connected to God. They may have looked like Abraham, but they did not think and believe like Abraham. That's the difference. They were Israelites on the outside, but they were pagans on the inside. And where does God look? Does He look at her outward appearance or on the heart? He looks on the heart. Here's a kingdom truth. A true child of God is not connected to God in the flesh by their DNA. But they're connected to God in the spirit by their faith in Jesus Christ. A true child of God is not connected to God in the flesh by their DNA. But they're connected to God in the spirit by their faith in Jesus Christ. The Israelites no longer believed God at this time. They didn't serve God at this time. Therefore, they were not the people of God. Don't read passages like this in the Bible and think God is casting His people away. God doesn't cast His people away. Remember, they were not His people. Don't read passages like this in the Bible and think these people lost their salvation. They didn't have salvation. They were not God's people. He didn't say, you once were my people, now you're not. I had a man tell me one time, oh, you can lose your salvation. He said, remember, Jesus is going to look at a bunch of people that thought they were, they were going to heaven and, and they belonged to the church. And he's going to look at them and say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. And I said, that's the point. He didn't say, I once knew you and now I don't. He said, I never knew you. Ever. God doesn't cast away his people. They were not his people. Again, God is not casting his people away. He is calling people out who are not his people and identifying them for what they really were. Rebellious unbelievers. God said, you are not my people, look back in the text, and I will not be your God. I will not be your God. Now, he's not saying, I cannot be your God. He's not saying, I don't want to be your God. He's not saying, I don't even want you. He's saying, you're not my people. And as long as they're not his people... He's saying, I will not be your God. I will not fellowship with you, defend you, or advance your rebellious cause. You know why? Because God cannot accept. 
He cannot protect. He cannot promote people who reject his word and rebel against him. People have a tendency of living according to their own rules. And assuming that God approves them. I've had so many people say, well, I've got a deal worked out with God. Man, you don't make the deals. God makes the deals. You never see anywhere in the Bible, in in Sunday school this morning next door, we saw God making a covenant with Noah and his family for perpetual generations. You never see Noah making a covenant with God. You never see Abraham. You never see Adam. You never see Abel. You never see Israel making a covenant with God. We don't cut the deals. God cuts the deals and we either accept them or we reject them. And if we reject God's deal, God rejects us. He says, you're not my people and I'm not going to be your God. You rejected my deal. People want a God like that, though. They want a God that lets them write their own Bible, create their own religion, and be their own Savior, all while having God on call 24-7 in case they get in trouble. That's what they want. But that's not Christianity. That's not how God works. It's not Christianity. It's idolatry. God does not serve us according to the imaginations and inventions of our own heart. He serves us according, or rather we serve Him according to the revelation of His Word. Repeat that again. He does not serve, we, he does not serve us based on the inventions of our own heart. We serve Him based on the revelation of His Word. God told the Israelites, you are not my people, and I will not be your God. Now, this should put... To rest a very popular but unbiblical saying that we have heard all of our lives. All of my life I've heard people say that the Jews are God's chosen people. How many of y'all ever heard that? The Jews are God's chosen It's not true. He just told a bunch of Jews, you're not my people. Now how could they be his people if he says you're not my people? Here we see God disowning Jewish people, telling them He will not be their God. You see, God chooses people one way. One way. He chooses them according to the gospel of Jesus Christ, the covenant that He made us. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, the Apostle Paul said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as He hath chosen us in Him. How did He choose Noah and his family? In the ark. How does, that's how they got saved, in the ark. How does God save and choose us? In Christ. Same way. He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, the Scripture says. Before the foundation of the world means before the Jews were ever around. Before Abraham was ever given a promise. Before Jacob ever had his name changed to Israel and ever became the nation of Israel. God chose us in Christ Jesus before the world began. And these unbelieving Jews had rejected God's covenant. Therefore God had rejected them. He would not be their God. They were not His people. 
God chose the nation of Israel to bring the Savior to the world. And we're very grateful for that. He chose the descendants of Abraham to write and preserve the Old Testament for us. And we're so thankful for that. The Jewish people are precious to us. They're precious to Christians. And God will keep all of his promises to the nation of Israel. But God's chosen people are those he has chosen in his son. His eternal promises belong to them and to them alone. And those who reject Christ, no matter what nationality or race they belong to, are not God's people and he will not be their God. So because of Israel's idolatry and rebellion, they would not be God's people and God would not be their God. Look now in verse 10. Yet. Don't you love that? Yet, Hosea says. And this is so typical of God. God pronounces his judgment upon Israel. Yet, he will not abandon his promises to Israel. He, he pronounces God's judgment upon the people of Israel. But he will not abandon his promises to the nation of Israel. You see how that works? God never gives up on his plans. God redeems his plans, but he never discards his plans. He never throws them away. God's judgment will never exceed his love. And that's what we're seeing here. God's judgment will never exceed his love and it can never undo his promises. Never, ever forget that. I want to say that again. God's judgment will never exceed his love and it can never undo his promises. God said, you are not my people and I shall not be your God yet. However, look back in your text, the number of the children of Israel shall be that's future tense, underscore shall be in your Bible, shall be. He's not talking about what the children of Israel are. What were they at that time? Not God's people. What would they in the future be? They shall be as the sand in the sea, the sand of the sea. In verse 9, again, underscore ye are not. This is in verse 9, underscore ye are not. Now go down a little in verse 9, underscore I will not be. You see that? Ye are not, I will not be. Now in verse 10, underscore, Israel shall be. Isn't that good? That's a reverse of course, isn't it? You are not, I will not be, Israel shall be. Israel at this time, you are not my people. Because of your idolatrous ways, I will not be your God. Yet, I am making you this promise. Just as sure as this child's name marks the certainty that Israel is not my people and that I shall not have mercy on them. So you can be certain that Israel shall be at some time in the future the objects of my mercy and my grace. You can rest assured that their enemies will not forever destroy them even though I'm judging them now. Even though I'm going to let their enemies harm them now. You can rest assured I have not scrapped my plans for the nation of Israel. I have not for, uh, uh, forsaken my plans and my promises to Abraham and to Adam and, and to the rest of the human race. I will not forever destroy them. That the name of Israel will not be blotted out from the book of life. 
but I will increase their number so much according to the covenant of my grace, so that, quote, the number of the children of Israel shall be as the sand of the sea. Look back in your text. What do you mean the sand of the sea? It says, which cannot be measured or, 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 nor numbered. Here God's referring Israel back to the promise he made Abraham, remember? When he told Abraham, who had no children at that time, that his offspring would one day be as numerous as the sand upon the seashore. In Genesis 13, 16, if you're taking notes, God told Abraham, that's Genesis 13, 16, God told Abraham, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Well, we, you can't go out there to the, the dust of the earth. You can't go out there to the seashore and look and see all that dirt and think, well, this is so many grains of sand right here. You can't do it. He said, in the same way I'm going to make your people, I'm going to make the nation of Israel, I'm going to make your descendants, your seed, your offspring, so numerous that a man can't take a look at it, put a pen to it, and figure it out. How many there are. This promise to be fulfilled, it would have to mean that God would, number one, at least preserve a small number of Israelites, right? And number two, that Israel would have to, in the future, repent of their idolatry and yield to God's word. And then number three, it would have to mean that God would have to so greatly increase the number of their people that no one could put a figure to it. No one could number it. You, you, you know, there were times in the Bible, you remember the book of Numbers? You know what happened in the book of Numbers? They numbered the people. What does that tell us? They weren't like the sands on the seashore innumerable because they were numbered. It's not referring to those times. It's referring to a time in the distant future. A spiritual, innumerable number of people would be added to Abraham's number. Would be added to the nation of Israel somehow. So even though God was judging Israel at this time, there would come a time in the future when Israel would turn back to God, when Israel would grow into a, a huge, large nation, and God would accept them as His people once again. Hosea said, in the future, Israel, you will repent, you will be accepted, you will be blessed. Look back in your text. And it shall come to pass. Underscore, it shall come to pass. This means what God is speaking about is something, again, that's going to happen in the future. In the future, God said, it shall come to pass, look back in your text, that in the place where it was said unto them, ye are not my people. In other words, in their homeland, from which they were about to be driven away, where I told them, you're not my people. He says, there it shall be said unto them, ye are the sons of the living God. I'm going to bring them back to their homeland. I'm going to say that you're the sons of God. Now what would that have to mean? Again, if in their homeland they were not God's people because of their unbelief and rebellion, that means in the future God would bring them back to their homeland and they would no longer be in unbelief. Now they would believe. They would no longer be rebellious. Now they would obey. And not only would that happen in the future, 
But God would add to the nation of Israel such a number, such an exceeding number of people, that it could not be numbered. So I believe God is saying that in this very place where I tell you today that you're not my people, one day you will return here and you will be called the sons of the living God. I will bless Israel. I will increase Israel. I will accept Israel. Because of your sin, you were not my people. But because of the promise I'm making you, the promise I made to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and to Adam and to Noah. You shall be called the sons of the living God. You know what this is referring to? God's speaking about us. He's speaking about Israel. But he's speaking about his church. All of this is referring back to the gospel covenant that God made with Jesus from the foundation of the world. The only way God's promise to Abraham could be fulfilled was through the promised Savior. That God would send through Abraham's lineage. Just like he promised Abraham. In you shall all nations of the earth be blessed. All nations, us. As the birth of Hosea's son announced that we were not God's people. So the birth of God's son announces that we are. He said in the same place you'll be called the sons of the living God. This is a far distant prophecy Not speaking about Israel in the flesh, but Israel in the spirit. In the flesh, they were not God's people. But God has people that must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And in the future, God would add to that remnant of people in the nation of Israel. They would be saved. They would believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. They would be reunited to God in the spirit. And He would increase through all nations like He promised Abraham to the nation of Israel spiritually so there be so many believers in Christ from all the generations that it could not be numbered and 1 John 3 1 tells us about the result of another child being born oh God said name this child Larukamah I'll have no mercy God says, name them Loami. You're not my people. And then in the distant future, God says, name them Jesus. <laughs> Isn't that good? Name them Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sins. That's how Hosea's prophecy is being fulfilled. And every time someone believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, another number is added to the seed of Abraham. 1 John 3, 1 says, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. There's Hosea's prophecy being fulfilled. We, the believers in Jesus Christ, are the sons of the living God. We, the believers in Jesus Christ, are the spiritual offspring of who were added unto Abraham, making Israel to be as numerous as the sands upon the sea. We, the believers in Jesus Christ, are the Israel of God, who are adopted into Abraham's family by our second birth. Mark down in your notes or in your margin of your Bible, Romans chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. Romans chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. 
The Apostle Paul said, And that he that is God might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. Even us whom he hath called, not of the Jews only, but also of the Gentiles. As he saith also in Osi, that's Hosea. As he says also in Hosea, I will call them my people which were not my people. And her beloved which was not beloved. And it shall come to pass that in the place where it was said unto them, You are not my people, there shall they be called the children of the living God. In Israel they were called not his people. In Israel they shall be called his people. In the North American and South American continents they were not his people. There they shall be called his people. In China they were not his people. There they shall be called his people. You see how all of that prophecy is being fulfilled? He's speaking to the nation of Israel and saying, You're not my people physically. Then prophetically, he's speaking to the nation of Israel, that spiritual nation, the true Israel of God. Spiritually, he's saying, Now, here's some promises I've got to make. I'm not disowning my people, I'm defining my people, and I'm going to judge those who are not and now I direct my attention to those who are my people to those who will be my people in the future who will come to the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved and I'm giving you this promise there's going to be so many of you you'll be innumerable just like the sand upon the shore So how will Israel come back to God as a nation? They will come back to Him the same way we do, through repentance and faith in Jesus Christ. The Israel of God is made up of both, as the Apostle Paul just said, Jews and Gentiles who believe God's Word and trust in God's Son. The Apostle Paul explained this in Romans 9, chapter, uh, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 9, verse 6 and 8, saying, They are not all Israel which are of Israel. Does that make sense? The people of the nation of Israel, they're not all considered Israel. <laughs> physically, yes, they're Israel, but spiritually they're not. So he says, they are not all Israel which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham. In other words, they're not part of Israel just because they descended from Abraham physically. He said, are they all children? But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. What is he talking about? Isaac was the son of promise, who was given by faith. And so Abraham had more than one son. He had Ishmael first, remember? Ishmael was not the son of faith. And so everyone who is of faith is of the seed of Abraham. That's what he's saying. That's what the apostle Paul is saying. He says... But in Isaac shall thy seed be called, verse 8, that is, they which are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted for the seed. Do you believe God's promise concerning Jesus? You're counted as the seed. God considers you the Israel of God. So in God's prophecy to Hosea, he is referring to Israel nationally in the present, but he's referring to Israel spiritually in the future. He's speaking about you and me. We are the spiritual grains of sand upon Abraham's shore. The mercy of God is extending toward this idolatrous nation. 
And in so doing, it's a picture of the mercy that God would show His church in the future. The church is the true Israel of God. And every one of us who were not God's people by our first birth, through faith in Christ, we've become the sons of the living God. Speaking of when we didn't believe in Jesus as our Savior, uh, the Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 2, 12-13, At that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh, near by the blood of Christ. So when we read the book of Hosea, we are reading God's warning and promise to them, which is God's warning and promise to us. What's the warning? Just as they were gathered together as a people that was called Israel, not everyone there was of Israel. Those who did not believe and accept God's promise and rejected God's word, even though they were collected together and called Israel, they were not God's people. What's the warning to us? Just because you're gathered together in a place called the church. If you don't believe in God's Son. If you don't accept Him as your Savior. If you reject God's Word. Just like Israel. You can be gathered together in a place called the church. But it doesn't mean you're part of the church. God would look at us the same way today that He looked at them back then. Look at the church and say... You're not my people, <laughs> and I will not be your God. And I guarantee you there are churches meeting all, or, or, or individual bodies called churches meeting all over the world today that God would have that same message to. You're not my people. I have judgment for you. Nevertheless, my church will be as the sand on Abraham's shore. With that, we'll go ahead and close today, and God willing, we'll pick back up. In verse 11, next Lord's Day. Man, the Bible's powerful, isn't it? Wow. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for those who came today to hear it. We thank you for your exceeding great and precious promises, Lord. And Father, I pray that this word will sink deep into our hearts. And I thank you so much. That you've made believers in Christ the grains of sand on Abraham's shore. The children of the promise are counted as the seed. And Lord, I thank you and say on behalf of those who trust in your Son as their Savior. That we believe that promise. Our whole hope is on nothing less but Jesus' blood and righteousness. His name we pray. Amen.